Emma, what's up? Kate, it feels like we haven't talked in forever. I know, podcast, long time. I don't even remember our last one. Oh, it was the wellness, the hot takes. Right, right. Yes, I so much has happened since then. Um, We are both back in the Midwest with our families. Um, Merry Christmas. Those who celebrate. Yeah, once it started, um, I'm in my little dungeon cell in my family's home. Um, it's cold out. It's winter. Just typical Midwest things. Um, how are you? Lots of snow. Lots of snow over here. Uh, I'm currently seated in my childhood bedroom with my cat, uh, who is like massaging my leg and kind of like panting. Uh, she's kind of nervous about the podcast, uh, staring at six computer monitors. My dad has in my room, which he's converted to an office since I no longer live here. Um, (laughs) so that's kind of cool. Um, he has like a bunch of security cameras. I was going to go take these like weird, like alien, like headphones and just use them for the pod, but (laughs) I didn't want to mess this technology. Um, yeah, Midwest has been good snowy cold cozy uh how's that how's the grocery shopping been over there honestly the grocery shopping has been lovely i have been treated very well i have not been deprived of any of my goods um i got this like really good sauerkraut um it's like basil garlic it's like absolute crack i found this really cool tahini dip that's been like hitting really well i'm currently drinking um the honey gardens for people who don't know kate and i like discovered this brand of like elderberry syrup and it's like crack and they have a little single uh serving elder elderberry juice so i'm sipping on that and it's delicious yeah um i bought some supplements yesterday i bought holy basil and some more vitamin d3 because you know it's winter we're seeing like maybe the sun for two hours so i was like you know what i need to restock on her but um how how's the grocery shopping been for you over in uh minnesota you know it's been interesting i'm always like mom like i'll go to the store like i don't want you to try to get stuff uh just you know vegan extremities or like get too much tofu like not know how much i eat apparently she went into cub foods and was like where is the seitan and they're like ma'am what (laughs) they were like thought she was like some sacrilegious woman um but i have to say in my stocking i unraveled it and i got sugar cookie sleigh ride tea my mom called 12 grocery stores in my name saying my daughter really wants this tea apparently she drove all over the boondocks and found it for me uh then i did a little trip to whole foods on the 26th uh, AKA yesterday morning, got my chlorophyll drops, got my maca powder, psyllium husks, sauerkraut. Uh, but I have not been able to find any vegan meat that's like really interesting beyond tofu or tempeh. And I haven't found any good yogurt. There's like Kite Hill, which I find atrocious and like the lava brand, but none of my good coconut yogurts have made it anywhere. So I might like, I might wild out and go to this co-op later in the week once I'm like bored off my rocker, but you know, right now I've just been doing my oats and my potatoes, the usual food groups for us. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Um, trying to, yeah, I've been pretty good with like the yogurt, uh, this like local health store that I have or I go to, they have like the full line of the Kalina yogurt. So I've been blessed. Um, I also nice. got plus deal seasonings, tea in my stocking, the Bengal spice, and I got artisan cashew butter in my stocking. So Santa really was 
must have loved me and thought I was doing really good this year. Um, yeah, so they really quite... listened to the pod. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, we kind of have some exciting news that I think we should maybe bring yeah. up and kind of explain. Um, if you guys are, once this podcast is out, you will probably already have heard that Kate and I are no longer known as the Voice Memo Girls. This podcast will no longer be called Voice Memo. It is now, we have leveled up 2021. We need to rebrand, start fresh. Um, Mm -hmm. This podcast is now going to be called (laughs) What the Fuck is CMOS? And our meme page is going to be CMOS Girlies. Mm -hmm. And Kate, do you want to give some explanation on to why we decided to change the name? Um, Yeah, for sure, dog. Thank you. Um, (laughs) Of course. Uh, Thank you for the the great intro to the rebrand. So I think when Emma and I started the podcast, you know, it was Thanksgiving. We were just like, let's be random and see, let's just throw something out and see what sticks. I feel like you and I didn't really know if we had an established voice in the wellness community. We wanted to challenge, I think, some of the exclusionary aspects of the wellness industry. Uh, Both of us, I feel like, had felt alienated by it or maybe felt included in some ways, like thinking about, I don't know, the... A lot of the wellness myths that have been marketed to us, yet in reality, a lot of things of the wellness industry have made us very unwell. Uh, a lot of detrimental lifestyle habits from like kind of developing eating disorders in certain ways from like diet culture and all of that. And a lot of that is involved in the wellness community. And so for me personally, at least, like I didn't think that I like seriously wanted to be involved in the wellness community because I just thought it was fucked up. But I think we wanted to reheal this proximity to an industry that was so much of our identity like we talk about this all the time like in person-to-person conversations we think about it like it's a huge part of our identity so I like we felt very alarmed by the undiscussed issues of accessibility economic inequality lack of government regulation and it made wellness seem like a joke to us Um, but I think from this we wanted to take this as a challenge and investigate and interrogate these lies of the wellness industry debunking the unregulated buzzwords, superfoods, and challenge some of the wellness rituals that we even practice ourselves. Like we're not perfect consumers. We do probably weird things and like have a lot of biases and privileges when it comes to our relationship to wellness. But we wanted to shape this more towards being like a wellness podcast because I don't have any podcasts I listen to that aren't like super scientific, like doctors talking about wellness. I don't have any like kind of fun conversation that is made accessible to the average person. So I think that's what we're focusing on 2021. Uh, just a, we found, I think, our niche that people want to listen to. And we're both really excited by this. Um, yeah. I mean, the podcast will be in the same feed. The meme page, if you're already following, it's just going to be a name change. So there's no work on your end. We're just doing a little bit of a rebrand for the new year. Yeah, I think we finally, like, found our voice. And, like, uh, I think after especially, like, the wellness podcast, that one, I think, mm-hmm. got, gained lots of traction. And we got a lot of really good feedback from that. And I think we just kind of realized, like, wow, there actually are so many people out there our age who probably have similar interests, have had similar experiences with, like, eating disorders or just, like, really, like, fucked up relationships with food. And, yeah, I think just, like, kind of making this whole, like, wellness um, sphere, I guess, uh, just a little bit more digestible and, like, easy to understand. Because, again, like, Kate and I, like, were psycho when, like, we listen to, like, fucking, like, Mark Hyman and, like, other, like, crazy podcasts. And, like, half the time, I don't even know what they're talking about. And mm-hmm. so it's, like, yeah, like, I would like to consider myself, like, educated and, like, pretty well-informed when it comes to wellness and health. But also, at the same time, I'm, like, I also don't even know what, like, half this stuff means. So I think also this just kind of gives us the ability to educate 
read up on like different studies and then just trying to present it to everyone in a very like digestible way and just creating kind of more again like a conversation and community of people who are interested in this type of stuff yeah and I think too like the eating disorder piece like after the wellness podcast we got like a lot of kind of feedback and commentary of people who are like I've struggled with my relationship with food or exercise or like diet culture and I don't know how to enter the wellness space without it becoming toxic and without it becoming triggering and without it like forcing me to relapse into my eating disorder and that's something that I think personally I have like felt as well I'm like I want to be involved and care about my health but I don't want to do it in like an orthorexic obsessive way Um, so yeah this is something to inform both Emma and I because I think we you know listen to all this stuff like she was saying we buy these supplements but I think having a better education for our own personal use is also just as duly beneficial as like creating this space for you guys too so if you read the title today um life liberty in the pursuit of the gut microbiome gut health is a buzzy trend um and so we you know did our research because we're smart little girl bosses and we are ready to present everything about the gut that you could possibly want to (laughs) know yeah so, um, yeah, do we want to get into it or will you call me back and yeah, I'll call you back. We'll vibe out. Um, but welcome to what the fuck is CMOS everyone. Um, we're happy to have you in this journey. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. I'll call you in a bit, bro. Okay. Dokey. We are back. Let's get into the gut stuff. Oh, so yes. an introduction. So what is the gut microbiome? Basically, the gut is a part of your body. Um, (laughs) It is the bacteria, fungi, and viruses that all accumulate into your gut. Uh, Fun fact that I learned when I was researching is your gut microbiome is the size of a mango. I feel like often in middle school, not even middle school, but elementary school, you always heard like, your intestinal tract is this long if you stretched it out. So fun size comparison. Um, It is the communities of bacteria that live in our bodies. They play an important role in the human health and biology. There's a rich diversity of the microbes that live in your gut. So an example of like a word that you might have seen on a product or a supplement, one of the most famous like bacteria forms is lactobacilli. Um, It's a health promoting bacteria. So basically your gut is an accumulation of good bacteria, bad bacteria, and it changes over your life. So once you're born, you basically accumulate certain factors, like based on what your mom's gut is like, the antibiotics you were prescribed when you were like a really small child. Um, But it changes a little bit throughout stages of your life. Things like your diet and other environmental factors also affect the composition of your gut microbiome. So it is relatively stable, but we all have our unique gut microbiome, basically. The next kind of like precursor question of like why you should listen to this and why you should care is that gut is linked to most factors of your health. So for immunity, 70 to 80% of the immune system is located in your gut. And the gut is actually 90% of your body's serotonin production. So it communicates with the brain and vice versa back and forth, the production of neurotransmitters, and this helps to promote the good bacteria in the gut. So then they can fight the bad bacteria, basically keeping you overall healthy. So when you hear like any sort of claim about immunity in relation to like what your gut health is that's why because there is this like symbiotic relationship back and forth another thing that I feel like most people think when they think about the gut is digestion so things like IBS or IBD are characterized by inflammation in the gut um, combination of things like environmental and genetic risk factors and so that's going to alter your gut flora basically creating like an unbalanced gut microbiome or an unstable gut microbiome And the gut is honestly 
a building block of other health markers. So chronic stress, your diet. Um, There was a clinical study that I was reading about. And so the endocannabinoids in the hippocampus, which is a key part of your brain, which forms memories and emotions, that's linked to like depressive like behaviors. So if there's an imbalance of gut, your, um, your gut flora of being like stable, some lipids that are vital for brain function disappear and it encourages depression, depressive like behaviors, basically. So they tested this on, I think it was animals. It was like rats or something like that. But basically like the gut barrier is going to help to treat mood disorders if you take it into account. So like the gut is aligned with your immune system, your digestion, and also like depression. This is all like new kind of like buzzy research because there's a lot of like money going into this, like these clinical studies that are like kind of investigating new areas of like gut health. Um, And if you want to think about like the gut barrier as like a like a visual, um, almost thinking about it as a filter. So it's allowing absorption of nutrients, water and minerals, and then it's keeping the toxins out of your body. So it controls the influx of nutrients and bacteria. Um, another factor I think on like a macro level of like why to care about gut health is because of soil depletion. So Emma mentioned this in one of our earlier podcasts. I don't remember which one, but the, basically the microbiota in the soil also relates to our human biome so like whatever is going on in the environment that's going to affect the food that you put in your body and so if the soil is depleted it's going to deplete the food of the nutrients and then that enters you you're not going to be able to absorb said nutrients so even if you're eating carrots and kale and all of that the soil is not the same that people were living on and grazing like hundreds of years ago so we're not having the same nutritional components in our food that people were seeing hundreds and hundreds of years ago so our ancestors lived in a lot closer communities and they were in more touch, in better touch with the natural world. Urban societies have a lot of industrial industrialization of agriculture, the modern lifestyle with pesticides, antibiotics, hormones. We've lost this direct communication with the soil. Thus, we've depleted the soil of most of its nutrients. Uh, this is still a lot of like new research, as I was saying before. But one key solution that a lot of like advocates for soil and like food and gut health on like a public policy level are looking at regenerative agriculture as a solution. So if you've not heard of regenerative agriculture, it's practices that focus on not only improving the soil health and how we sequester carbon, but it's going to restore the ecosystem of the soil beneath our feet. And it could also once again relate to dealing with things like the obesity epidemic because you're taking into account for climate change, but it's also affecting how people's health is because of the food is going to be of better quality. Um, So Mark Hyman is a really good resource for soil depletion. He talks about like soil as a solution for climate change. He has a great book called Food Fix. He's kind of a health god. Like I really think he's cool and how he's bridging the gap between like food politics and climate change and government intervention. Um, So he's a really good advocate to look for in this area. So the next part. So as I said before, like many factors are going to contribute to your unique gut microbiome. It could be your mother, the antibiotics you took as a baby. But one thing that you have autonomy and control over is your diet. So we're going to get into gut friendly foods. And basically the need for these foods is because of the rise of antibiotics that we've probably all taken as a child. Our food has hormones and different pesticides like on the vegetables and such. So there's an overuse of, um, yeah, fertilizers, herbicides, pesticides, and basically that impacts the food and the nutritional quality of it. 
So the first thing that you can do to take care of your gut from a diet perspective is to eat a diverse range of fruits and vegetables. You're going to be giving your body like diverse um, nutrients in like rotating what you're eating. And the next section is fermented food. Um, so this is the biggest kind of like buzzy, I would say, like health thing when you're looking at it from a consumer perspective. But I was like interested in this perspective because some fermented foods have like live microbes and some of them do not. So like baked sourdough bread and beers technically are fermented foods, but once they are cooked and like processed, they don't retain the microbes anymore. So they're not going to contribute to the diversity of your gut. Um, also, another thing to keep in consideration is that most fermented food products like sauerkraut or pickles or something like that, they don't reach the strict criteria to actually be called a probiotic. So a probiotic, the definition is that it must be a microorganism identified at the genus, species, and strain level and named according to a current, current nomenclature. So probiotics have to have a certain health benefit. And of course, they have to be consumed while the probiotic is still alive. Um, we still do not have a lot of studies based on if like fermented foods are going to be equivalent to like a, a pill or a targeted supplement that have like the various strains and species. Um, so it's like important to assume that not all fermented foods are going to be a source of probiotics, basically. Um, some fermented foods that are going to that like you could buy at the store are going to be things like kombucha, sauerkraut, miso, tempeh, but they're not adequately characterized at that like high threshold of being equivalent to what a probiotic is um next section so you've probably heard a lot about like prebiotics and probiotics so prebiotics are going to be things that are like the natural food for the good bacteria that's already in your gut you want to combine them with probiotics and so that's going to be like the long-term nourishment to your gut these are things like garlic, leeks, onions, artichokes, bananas, nuts, beans, even. Um, and basically, like, the reason that you want to have fermented foods is because when a food or a beverage is transformed by this bacteria, it can bring, like, these sort of properties to the foods that it's going to have live and active microbes. The taste is going to be better. You're going to have that, like, texture of, like, a sauerkraut or a kimchi that's a little bit more interesting. Um, and, yeah, it's just going to promote a health like a wealth of health promoting co components in your food um, while also removing like negative associations with eating, eating certain foods. Um, so now the next section is things that can damage our gut microbiome. I'll let yeah. Emma take over here. So as Kate said, one of the biggest things that we have in control in regard to the health of our gut health is our diet. And there's many different things like the type of food you eat, obviously, and then different products and lifestyle that can directly impact your gut health. And so if you are kind of experiencing like IBS or other just like gut issues, or like you're constantly getting sick. Um, one thing that you can do is take a look at just your current lifestyle and how you're living. This is kind of like a functional medicine um, practice where you know, you kind of like take a look at like the entire life as a whole and try to figure out what exactly in your life is perhaps impacting or causing such issues in your health and well-being so the first one is food so the western diet especially um so just our diet in general no matter what diet you follow or practice um provides not only the nutrients we need but also the material and medium for sustenance and growth of gut bacteria and the composition of the diet will inevitably affect selective growth and types of bacteria in the gut 
Um, but so the Western diet, the main uh, characteristics of the typical Western diet is that it's highly, it's contains highly processed foods, refined grains, sugars, oils, fats, and also there's just a generally like a low intake of fibers and fruits and vegetables. And this can severely damage your gut microbiome because you are not consuming a diverse amount of fresh produce and vegetables, and thus you're not going to be getting as much fibers and nutrients, vitamins and minerals. Um, So the highly processed foods, there's lots of chemical additives, and these additives can interfere with the gut bacteria and can inflame the intestines and promote disease and other forms of inflammation. Refined grains, these lack lots of fiber and nutrients because you're kind of stripping away all of it and you're grinding them up into flours and then you're adding in other like sugars and oils and saturated fats. And then sugars, these are mainly like the high fructose and artificial sweeteners. And I think the most interesting thing, it's like artificial sweeteners, it's kind of claimed as this like super healthy thing because it's like low calorie. So you'll see like artificial sweeteners kind of in like those like low calorie ice creams or like diet cookies or whatever. But the thing is, is that the GI tract cannot process these artificial sweeteners in the same way that it processes and breaks down natural sugars and foods. So basically these artificial sweeteners are going to just kind of remain in like its complete form as it goes through your digestive system. So your body isn't fully breaking down these sweeteners. And so that's why it's kind of like you're just better off consuming the more natural forms like maple syrup, honey, um, like coconut sugar, agave, as opposed to just um, opting for, you know, the quote unquote, like healthy version that's like low calorie. And I think that's like one thing that is also just really important to keep in mind that sometimes, like the alternative is actually worse for you than than the actual product itself. Mm -hmm. Um, And then antibiotic drugs and anti inflammatories, Kate talked about this um, previously, but again, like with antibiotics, these not only kill off the bad bacteria, but also the good bacteria as well. So that will cause a imbalance in your gut as well. And of course, I just want to mention that there is privilege in being able to afford gut healthy food. And even just like knowing that there is a correlation between your diet and how it plays into your gut. Um, People who live in food apartheid are going to be very limited in their access to fresh foods because, you know, grocery stores such as Whole Foods and like you know, any grocery store, they're only going to build in neighborhoods that people have money to spend. And that's why then there's more um, fast food places and convenience stores located in these like food apartheid. And so just like having access to such knowledge and being able to afford $17, a $17 coconut yogurt or like a $50 probiotic pill, there's definitely some form of privilege in that. And also just like being able to just like obsess and like I guess stress over like how healthy your gut microbiome is is like definitely a form of privilege because if you're like trying to like figure out how you're going to pay off like bills or like bring the next meal to your family like you're not going to be worried about like your gut or like if 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 this like hamburger from like McDonald's is going to like do you any good or not for your like overall gut health um so just like something to keep in mind yeah Um, and like adding on that I think one thing we didn't have in the document, but like another sort of like privileged lifestyle that I think ties into the gut is food combining. So if you're not familiar Mm -hmm. with that, it's eating in a way that like is good for your gut. Uh, It's a lot. I don't really know where this originates from. I'm sure there's like lineage (laughs) of studies, but it's like you shouldn't eat starch with protein. Don't eat fats with this. And it's a very 
specific way to eat throughout the day. Like you need to eat raw foods before cooked foods. And like a lot of these diets that are prescribing, like you need to eat in this order or like in a very like specific way are so privileged and elitist. Like that's why I struggle with a lot of like this wellness shit we're talking about because who has time to sit down and like, okay, I'm going to eat my potatoes and then I'm sitting 30 minutes and eating this, like thinking about who has access to even like know this type of information. Um, And that kind of like aligns with like a lot of these like gut friendly things. Like it's not accessible as like it makes to be. So I think some of it is like, think about what you can do to promote like your good gut health. But at the same time, like you, if you are have enough time to like devote an hour to like stressing about it, once again, the stress that you're going to like put on your body, just like don't stress to a certain degree where it's harmful for your health, basically. Yeah, totally. And uh, to go along with like the whole food combining thing, like the only people that I really have seen like promoted are like these like just like hippie, like Tribeca mommies, like on Instagram that probably have like too much time in their hands. And like, yeah, yeah. I get like, you know, if you know that like whenever I eat this food with this type of food like I experience bad bloating or bad digestive issues then like yeah maybe don't do that but like don't like feel the need that you have to like follow this entire thing it's like who the fuck is gonna like well I just noticed like some of the things it's like drink this like green juice right in the morning or this like smoothie with like all your fruits because like you're only supposed to eat fruits on like an empty stomach and that's just like again a very privileged way of like living and just like thinking that like everyone has like the time and access to like make this like you know eat all your fruit in the morning and then like wait 30 minutes like people have like lives and like responsibilities and like yeah I don't know it's, totally yeah, food combining like it's a crazy thing but anyway to get back on track um other products again <laughs> like antibiotic based products so like alcohol based hand sanitizers and other like antibiotic soaps um again these can kill not only the bad bacteria but also the good bacteria so again imbalance in the microbiome um a huge thing also is like lifestyle and so this can, this includes like stress and like sleep. Um, so chronic stress, the gut has hundreds of millions of neurons, which can function fairly independently, but are also in constant communication with the brain. And this is known as the gut brain access, access, excuse me. And you, and everyone has probably experienced this, like quote unquote, like, you know, the whole like butterflies in your stomach when you're like nervous, you can like feel that feeling or like when you see your crush, um, you get those like butterflies in your stomach. This is a good example of like your gut and the brain axis. And so stress can affect this brain gut communication. The gut is also inhabited by millions of bacteria, which can influence its health and the brain's health, which can impact the ability to think and affect emotions. Stress is associated with changes in the gut bacteria, which in turn can influence mood. And there's also been research and evidence done that has shown that digestive disorders, such as like IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, commonly coincide with mood disorders, which may reflect a dysfunctional composition of gut, gut bacteria, viruses, and fungi. Um, also, stress, stress can reshape the gut bacteria's composition through stress hormones, inflammation, aut- aut- autonomic alterations, excuse me. <laughs> um, and then in turn, the gut bacteria releases metabolites, toxins, and neurohormones that can alter eating behavior and mood. Um, and this heightened inflammation that frequently accompanies stress and depression triggers pathogenic bacteria that encourage dysbiosis in a leaky gut. And I'm sure a lot of people have probably heard like the term leaky gut, but like what exactly does that mean? Um, So leaky gut is just like basically small holes in your gut lining that allow partially digested foods, toxins, and bugs to penetrate the tissues beneath it, which can trigger inflammation and changes in gut flora. And I'm sure like everyone has experienced when you're super stressed, you know, you might 
be choosing to eat more comfort foods because that is like what comforts you and you feel like comfortable and safe eating those foods. And again, like those foods are going to probably be more highly processed and be more loaded with like sugars and fats. And again, like that can lead to inflammation and like, you know, poor digestive issues because you're not getting as many nutrients or consuming as high fiber foods. And also just like, I know for me personally, whenever I am stressed, I can feel that like my body is not able to properly digest foods. And so this is why it's like really important to, you know, just practice any forms of like stress management, whether that's like deep belly breathing, yoga, exercise, therapy, and meditation, because, you know, when you're at a more like relaxed state, your body is able to just process your food better. And again, like the stress won't, um, kind of interfere with the brain and gut axis. Um, another thing is lack of sleep. So there's still kind of like new research being done on this, but the intestinal microbiota exhibits a circadian rhythm in both population structures. So this is just like the bacteria and how much of it that makes up the gut and then the functional activity. So like how the gut is basically its role in your body. And the most prevalent bacteria in the gut experience fluctuations during the day and the abundance of bacteria changes from day to night. And there's increasing number of studies that suggest that the intestinal microbiota can regulate sleep and mental state through the brain-gut axis. And a circadian clock misalignment, sleep deprivation, and a shift experience changes the circadian clock gene expression and microbial community structure. And there has been research done that has found that a person's sleep seems to change their microbiome and changes to the microbiome may help or hurt sleep. So the more sleep you're getting, you're probably going to have a healthier um, gut microbiome as opposed to someone who maybe experiences a lot of like sleep deprivation. And again, like if you're experiencing stress um, or depression or anxiety, this can lead to insomnia and just like being very restless. And so your body is not able to fully like shut down and recover itself and fully digest and kind of like start all over in the next day. And so the more diversity in the gut in terms to the type of bacteria present is associated with improved sleep quality and lower rates of sleepiness. Um, so just kind of like all in all, like your lifestyle has like a huge impact on your total like gut health. And so just kind of like keeping that in mind and like looking like, okay, like if you maybe are experiencing like discomfort in your gut, you can like take a look and be like, oh, it's probably because like I'm super stressed with all these like school pro projects or work. Um, and also like maybe you're not getting enough sleep. So these are just like ways that you can kind of assess and like try to take into your own hands to try to see like if these are like reasons why you're maybe experiencing like more inflammation. Totally. And I think like the gut, it's like an untapped area of like wisdom. That's how I like mm -hmm. to think about it. Like anything health related, you know, you search like headache and like WebMD is like you have cancer. Yeah. <laughs> or, like you have this issue. And I think when we when you're going through like a list of symptoms that you have an untapped area of like positive health reinforcement could be your gut and like looking at what you're doing in relation to your gut, whether you are supporting like health gut, a healthy gut microbiome or whether you're doing things that could inflame your gut mm -hmm. that might lead to other issues. I know like for me, I was always like, okay, why am I depressed? Why is my skin like this? Why am I having acne? Why can't I sleep? And like, I never knew how they were all interrelated. And so that's why I think I have been very interested in the gut microbiome as like a way for 
people at like the clinical professional level, obviously Emma and I are not doctors, but to do like clinical studies on like the correlations between all of these health factors and how this can be an area where people can look for, for help. Um, I agree. And also to go along with that, I think it's just exciting because yeah, I just know like in 2020, especially like so many pockets that I were listening to, um, we're always talking about like the gut microbiome. And I think again, it's like a very trendy thing and it's finally kind of getting some funding for more research and studies. And again, what kind of like, you know, with like Western medicine, it's just kind of like prescribing like this type of pill to like, you know, help treat whatever, maybe your like stress or anxiety. And I think it's like really exciting to see like, oh, like how maybe like your gut actually is like correlated to this and like how we can like change different things and your lifestyle or like diet to maybe help improve these type of things as opposed to taking different forms of medication that might actually eventually harm your gut could potentially, you know, make things worse down the road. So I think it's just like a very interesting area. And I just know for me, especially like the gut microbiome learning about this, like it has definitely given me some sort of like way to reclaim my health and sort of take things into my own hands. And yeah, it's a very interesting new um, area of study, which I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah. And I think with anything health and trendy related, like I feel like I first was like, I'm pissed. Like, why is there all this like buzzy, like probiotics things being marketed to me but like anytime I mean within our like capitalist system like if there's a lot of money in an industry whether it be something like wellness generally or you know kombucha or probiotics on like a large scale that means there's going to be a lot of like competition from brands to like create the best product there's going to be a lot of research funded at like national health levels so I'm excited for it because I think once again it can like under we can understand a lot of better um health conditions that might have not had like clear diagnoses or like any sort of understanding from looking through the lens of western medicine alone um i also feel like we should say like we're like i support western medicine like i have a brother with like various disabilities and like he wouldn't be where he is without like the help of like having so many doctors and like western medicine has basically like made him to this point like Mm -hmm. he has an adrenal insufficiency like takes a shunt like has taken steroids, like has had a lot of surgeries. Like my dad has had three heart attacks. Like there is a way to look at both lenses, like look at the Western side of it, like take your vaccines, like do all of that, like believing in science, but also like looking at other ways that you can prevent, you know, I don't want to take every time that I have a headache, I don't want to go for the Tylenol. And like every time I feel like shit, I don't want to go for the NyQuil. So it's like looking at a way to come at health from both lenses I Mm -hmm. think that's like building the best bridging the gap between like being total like hippie like I'm not taking a vaccine like fuck everyone else but also being like I'm just gonna pop a pill for every issue I have um I feel like that was good because I think some of these like health podcasts are just like crazy out on like the left wing and I'm like guys like please we all need to like go get our flu shots or like we are like yeah. to have like raving I- issues on like a public health level. <laughs> yeah definitely like they're yeah, a healthy balance between the two for sure. Yeah and then the next thing like Emma and I I really was like struggling with this one like how to be an educated consumer because it's something I think Emma and I are still growing into like also thinking about the, the stores that everyone has access to shop at, maybe you only have one probiotic you can take versus like another store that might have 500. And then you're reading labels comparing and like, how do I know which probiotic to take? So we did some research. We found a very, very good infographic explaining like the probiotic labeling because a lot of the terms are confusing, whether it be like CFUs or like why is this one refrigerated? Why is this one shelf stable? So we're going to like link that in some form, whether it be in the show notes or like 
put it on the meme page or yeah. like put it on our Instagrams. And just to, um, in, just to interject super quickly, like the reason I know Kate, you do take a probiotic, but one of the reasons that I personally like have been is just because I get so overwhelmed going yeah. into like any like health store or the supplement section. I'm like, I don't even know what like any of this means. Like, does it need to be refrigerated or not? And I know you were talking about the seed probiotic a few episodes ago and mm-hmm. you might mention them again, but I'm actually highly considering purchasing from them or after seeing this infographic, like I actually feel um, definitely more knowledgeable and like have a better understanding and like confident and being able to go and like pick out a probiotic pill. Because again, like we said, the consuming all like fermented foods and everything may not be enough. And so for me, I definitely want to invest in some sort of good probiotic. And so, yeah, this uh, infographic is definitely super helpful. And Hopefully, Kate will kind of explain more of it in a second, but hopefully it can give everyone a little bit better understanding of, like, what these, like, big, like, buzzwords and, like, terms mean, like, all these, like, labels. Yeah, these, like, medical terms and shit. One thing to keep in the back of the mind with probiotics is, like, I didn't even know this until doing this research, that probiotics should be targeted towards a concern. Like, there is studies that everyone could benefit from having a probiotic, but if you have like, let's say diarrhea versus constipation, you're going to want to take different strains. I didn't even consider that really. Like this strain is good for this uh, medical condition. And this one is good for that. So that kind of the first step they say is to um, like dietitians should advise you on which strain of probiotics would be helpful to try depending on which symptoms you have. Now I did not have any symptoms of like IBS or like inflammation really. So I went to seed because they have a diversity of strains so like the first question I or like thing to look at, probiotic doses are going to be listed as CFUs, which means colony forming units. So that's going to be the number of live strains in each dose that you are taking in a pill. Some of the issues with probiotics is like the quality of the probiotic is poor because it is live cultures. So probiotics are fragile to deal with. They have to survive the manufacturing, the storage, and the stomach acid in order to be effective in your intestines. So seed like the reason I fell in love with seed like a few years ago is because they have reinvented the model of like how we think about taking supplements. Also ritual, the multivitamin does the same thing where they ship it out on a monthly cycle. When you go to a vitamin store and you're thinking about how long this vitamin has been sitting on the shelf, like you have no idea, like it could have been made three years ago and like no one has bought it. And so you're getting it. So when you're thinking about something that's a live probiotic, that's why it's much more difficult to find one that is like going to have the uh, the benefits because it might have died while it's sitting on the shelf. So that's why I tended to like seed more than other ones. Um, if probiotics were stored improperly along the way, like anything like humidity, heat, light can affect them. So let's say that, you know, they were on a truck and it was freezing outside and then it got really hot. That could have killed the probiotic along the way. So that's kind of why I have been pushing seed because all the other ones you're finding at the store, like you don't know how they got there. Another thing, like if the probiotic has to be in a, the refrigerated section, okay, you put it in your, your shopping bag, you put it in your grocery bag to go home. It could have died in that like short period of like your walk home to go put it back in your refrigerator at home. So that's why like I have always tended to take one that is shipped to me and is shelf stable. The next thing is how many strains of bacteria. There's like all these big numbers. Like Emma was saying, I think when I first got interested in probiotics, I was like, okay, is 1 billion enough or do I need 15 billion or what's going on? Uh, The kind of guidance um, on the like European standard is at least 1 billion colony forming units. So 1 billion CFUs. The main 
this is like very technical shit, but like the main um, bacteria strains you're going to want is lactobacillus, biodofactorum, um, saccharomyces boulari. So like we'll write those down somewhere. Round of applause for Kate but, for round of applause for Kate yeah. for tackling those big words. <laughs> Thank you. Never a science kid. Um, but those are the some of the most researched probiotics in relation to like specific health concerns like IBS, diarrhea, bloating. Those are the three that are like correlated to different uh, health diagnoses. So people also, people, doctors, dietitians also say you should take them for at least four weeks to start reaping the benefits. And if you are experiencing any new symptoms, like negative symptoms, that's when you should speak to a doctor. So this is kind of like, okay, now I'm going to take you to the probiotic on a label. So like you're in a health store, you're going to the supplement section, you're surrounded by elders, you're looking at the probiotic (laughs) section. So this is the probiotic name. It's probably going to say something like supports digestive and immune health, dietary supplement, 60, 30 capsules, some shit like that. So the recommended use that's going to be related to like what it's going to do to your body claims like supporting digestive or immune health. Those have not been evaluated by the FDA. So those are just like your buzzy marketing things. And often on pill bottles, it will say these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration. So that's kind of like the general thing. Like that's not going to get you any information. The next place to look is going to be the dosage usage serving size. So this is going to be like how many you need to take in a day. One thing, if you are taking a probiotic and let's say it needs to be taken with food and you're not doing that, like that much of a miscalculation in your own like relation to supplements could like, you won't see the benefits if you don't do that basically. Like I didn't think that those things were that important, but clinical studies show that like if you're not actually taking it with food when it says it needs to be like you might as well not be taking it at all so pay attention to that um the next thing is going to be like the cfus the colony forming units as i said before um some products i'm thinking like kombucha or a yogurt might call this live cultures one thing to note is you should avoid products that state that cfu at the time of manufacturer because that does not account for the storage time so like the CFU could have died while it was being stored. Um, it's going to be listed as the total count. So that's going to be like the billions, trillions numbers um, that will be in the section on like under like supplement facts when you have all of that where it says like the proprietary blend. The genus, species, and strain, those are going to be like the three medical words that I was getting into before. Um I'll, we'll show you this document. I won't get too much into it, but this strain is going to be like the strain specialty is going to be like these different strains for different health benefits that you should take into consideration. So like there might be three pill bottles in front of you. One of them could have lactobacillus. One of them could have something else. And that might be an easy way to like weed out like, okay, my doctor told me to get on with this strain. It doesn't have it. Next one. Um, The next one, there is going to be a section where it says use Use by expiration date. So that's going to tell you how long the probiotic will have to live to give you the health benefits. Um, This is something to be in consideration of if you are going to like a grocery store to look for your supplement. I like take my, you know, my monthly subscription. So I don't really have to worry about that. And then storage information. So it's going to say like refrigerate or like keep dry. I would always look for something that is shelf stable because then you don't have to worry about it losing the like live cultures. Um, That's sort of like the intro, I would say. It's something that's pretty interesting, but it's mostly about like making sure that if you have a health concern, you are looking for that specific strain 
Um, if you're vegan, there's like definitely ones that are vegan, one that are vegetarian. So that's something to keep into consideration as well. Um, we'll link this infographic because it is kind of like confusing and weird, but very helpful. So I would say if you have like a huge health concern, definitely worry about the strain. Everyone else, I would look at like the quality of your sup- of your um, strain, whether it's looking at like the CFU count, how it's stored, how it's shipped, manufactured. And also just like brands you trust too, like, you know, Jaros Formula is a brand, Garden of Life is a brand, mm-hmm. um, there's m- millions of brands and kind of like your comfortability with that too, or access as well. Or if you want to order them online, yeah, all that. <sighs> Anything else to add to the gut microbiome, Emma? Um, I feel like an educated queen after listening to us talk about yeah. this. Um, do we want to maybe like just chat about some of like, some of our favorite like fermented foods or brands that we like to consume to get, you know, a little yeah. bit of healthy, healthy gut bacteria. Let's do it, dog. So I mentioned seed. So they have a lot of informational stuff on their website before. So that'll be my first plug uh, from like the probiotic side of it. Love. But from food, uh, we love Bragg's like apple cider vinegar is a great way to I mean, it's like, once again, like the health claims of it, you can, some people say it does stuff. Some people say it doesn't stuff, doesn't do anything. Um, It does have the mother, which is like the live, uh, I don't know exactly what it says on the label. I'm trying to like think of the Bragg's label in my head. I think it's literally just called like the mother. And also something to keep in mind is that like everyone's body is going to react differently to different types of like probiotic foods or like fermented foods. And Mm -hmm. so like, I mean, I kind of, I haven't really been drinking apple cider vinegar as much and like, I kind of feel the same. But, like, I know for me, mm-hmm. like, my body does better, like, and can digest coconut yogurt better than sauerkraut. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, Bragg's love for apple cider vinegar. Um, I am a sauerkraut. big sauerkraut. Um, you know, we love Hawthorne Valley. Hawthorne Valley. We do love, um, trying to think what, there's this other brand we have not been able to find in, like, years, but it's called <laughs> Super, it's called, like, Super Kraut. Um, super cross what's going on <laughs> yeah um what other brands whole foods has their own brand of like a spicy sauerkraut that we be enjoying here and there um Farmhouse cultures they make like bags yes I kind of weird buying them i have <laughs> i have had that brand before not too bad not too bad um coconut yogurt i guess with sauerkraut like sauerkraut probably you're gonna want to go with like local yeah because then it's gonna be made closest to you i also have made sauerkraut you just need cabbage and some sort of vinegar and salt you know, it's a traditional traditional Polish dish. My grandma makes it all the time, but she puts pork in it, so I have to get her recipe without using pork and lard. Um, coconut yogurt. What do we think of brands? Yeah, so I would say my favorite brands are definitely Coconut Cold. Um, I know you can order from them online. We really like Kalina. Coco June has mm-hmm. been hitting really well lately. Um, totally. GT's Coco Yo, I think is like the name. Um, yeah. Their coconut yogurt is also really good. There's a few different flavors. Um, what else? Kombucha. I'm kind of like, is this real or is this fake? Um, I can't yeah. tell if it's a scam or not. So like, I'll drink it here and there, but more just like for the flavor and just as yeah. like a fun, quirky beverage to down. That's not water or coffee, but I don't really drink yeah. it for like the health benefits. So I'm kind of like, eh, this kind of like seems fake, but who knows? Maybe I could be wrong. <laughs> um, I'd love to be proven wrong, but yeah. yeah, I don't really trust it. Neither of us drink um, kefir, but that's like really good for you. Yeah. Like I was looking into foods that are actually fermented and like qualify as a probiotic food the only foods that have been studied to have the same level as like pills are going to be like fermented dairy and yogurts 
So like those are actually like going to be quality things. But I, yeah, like hey, I'm not eating dairy. Yeah, I remember actually you and I were in like Trader Joe's one time and they had like a vegan version oh of like of like the kefir or however you pronounce it. And we yeah. were like, do we buy this? And we were like, who are we kidding? We are not gonna be drinking or downing some like liquid yogurt beverage. And like also it was like I have ma- to say Yeah. It was it was blueberry flavored. Yeah, like what were we it's thinking? Like blueberry slimy. Also, I'm like, okay, like no no shade to Trader Joe's, but I'm like, should I be like drinking this like Trader Joe's branded like I don't know fermented beverage? Like, is it really going to do anything? Like, that's just probably just like me being skeptical. But like, yeah, no, it was literally probably like two dudes in Hawaiian shirts, like <laughs> fucking like putting expired yogurt in a blender and saying go drink this vegan kefir that is like blueberry shit yeah we had it in our cart and then we like did laps and we both like looked at each other and we we're just like i can't do that i can't commit um no but um Coconut yogurt yeah, yeah. Uh, that'd be hitting kimchi is also another good one um the, mm-hmm. i haven't purchased kimchi in a while but like the mother-in-law brand um yeah so there's oh miso paste we be, oh my god i literally forgot she wow. existed <laughs> wow i have a good meme about that i forgot um yeah miso master i enjoy there's also this weird wormy miso uh i feel like we haven't even mentioned wormy miso because the health nuts episode we doxed yeah but if you're in new york city and you go to the health nuts on the upper east side there's like a bag of miso paste and you can like play around with it like it's <laughs> almost like a blood bag at like a hospital and in the back you can see like little like worms which are like fermented you know soybean cultures or something like that tastes amazing i definitely have eaten half the bag in one sitting um once again rest in peace to my sodium levels i should be more concerned than i am but i'm not um they also have uh sorry the brand um that you mentioned before the mothers-in-law kimchi they also make like a fermented hot sauce like the I don't know how to pronounce it. It's like the gojang Oh, yeah, like the gashugan or whatever. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah, oh my god. Wow, my pronunciation terrible. <laughs> I don't um, even know if I pronounced that like, correctly, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fermented hot sauces are cool. Also the brand, um, oh my god, I forgot. I follow them on Instagram and they make really cool recipes. Dark Horse? Yeah. They make like a fermented vinaigrette. They make a fermented Dijon mustard. Absolutely overpriced, I will say. Like if you guys want to send this to me, I'll accept. But it's like so expensive. It's like four ounces of mustard for $12 so I like bought it like twice but they have really nice like fermented things uh their rest I mean their Instagram is also just really cool to follow for like the way that they use fermented foods because like Emma and I don't know shit about cooking so um it's nice to watch some experts you know rain in on their craft um what's another fermented food natto oh my god I I do not consume Kate once force fed me a spoonful (laughs) of it and I hated it um I was, was like, I was like ever. You... I was like hmm this is different and I was like yeah Kate is definitely like on hold it from like playing field when it comes to the fermented foods and just like health in general because like that is one thing where I'm just gonna uh yeah draw the line. <laughs> it's slimy soybeans basically yeah but the thing how is, appetizing it's kind of... you're really selling it yeah well, I know Kate. I love my meals um <laughs> it's like tiny soybeans that are like slimy um yeah that's all I'm really gonna say you can investigate into your local health store you know I really need to break into there's like a co-op that's open to the public in Minneapolis that's I think where I'm gonna get all my weird hippie shit I feel like I was fed like some sort of like banana bread muffin and like CBD gummy when I walked into the store pre-COVID of course Mm -hmm. like the one time I been there but they would have natto they would have coconut yogurt they would have some 
someone's fermented cat milk in there for me to go consume if I wanted to. But um, what's another? I'm trying to think of more fermented foods. You know, we'll have the meme page flowing. Oh, Olipop. Oh, yes. It's a prebiotic soda. Yeah. They make like Coca-Cola flavor. What's their newest one? Blackberry vanilla. I've yeah. not had. They have like an orange flavored one, um, like a ginger lemon. Um, so yeah, those are really good to supplement with your meals. Like if you are eating like sauerkraut or kimchi, maybe you're having like some sort of like rice bowl with that. Um, it's just like a really good beverage to have on the side to kind of help feed the healthy bacteria growth in your gut. Oh, pickles. I mean, pickles are like, once again, like calling a food fermented, like it's not actually like a probiotic, but it is fermented in the sense like it is cucumbers that have been sitting and like fermenting, like when the using is that as a verb. So I stand pickles over here. Um, I'd love to be a pickle maker one day. Um, I'm trying to think of more, you know, sourdough is not really fermented, but I don't really be making. I never got into that in pandemic. Girl, I can hardly like bake a brownie. You think I can like make some sourdough bread? <laughs> like, yeah, no, no, that no. would have been funny as a social experiment. Like if someone paid us to like try to have like a mother and like make sourdough, that would have been a great YouTube video. Maybe maybe we like do that for like some sort of like, I don't know, Patreon thing down the line <laughs> or whatever. Pay us to watch bread fail. I think our only fans can us just be like making bad food. Yeah, like that's that's it. Agree. If anyone wants to see that content, uh, hit I'm on my Venmo. Yeah, um, Venmo. See girlies. Please. Just kidding. Don't Venmo that. That is not us. <laughs> um, um, but I think. But yeah, now we're Sea girlies. Now we're Sea so girlies. Yeah, I like that more than like voice memo girls. I mean, voice memo girls were was fun, but like Sea girlies is like cute and quirky. Um, just think of girls. If you're listening to this and you've made it to this point cool um thank you for listening and supporting our our manic dream but think about all the merch like think about you know little food logos like what the fuck is cmos just like you know visualize a crew neck socks a baseball hat a tote bag we're gonna get you there in 2021 right like we have so much design no matter what kate and i are gonna make it at least for us because the color scheme that we got going on oh chef's kiss like i'm i'm gonna give myself a pat on the back for that that yeah big shout out Um, to emma you should definitely forge a minor in graphic design on your on your degree i don't Um, even think i get a degree from college so sick (laughs) um yeah i'm gonna definitely add that one to mine um but yeah yeah merch it's definitely going to happen in 2021. Um, that is my one and only New Year's resolution. Um, yeah. It's what we deserve. Like, we, I I don't want to buy some merch from some other brand. Why, no. We can make it. Yeah. We're artisans. We right? are. We are. Um, but so yeah. I'm going to drop another meme soon. Okay. What else you got on the docket, dog? My mother is going to go uh, thrifting with me. Um, I might Aww. go hit up a local coffee shop for some cold brew, even though it's like 10 degrees outside. But, nice. you know, when you get the craving for the cold brew, you got to you gotta go and get it. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. But, you know, I'll probably try to walk on our treadmill and pretend that I'm outside on the streets of New York. And then after five minutes, be like, this is absolutely depressing and jump right off it. Um, I can't. At my home, we have a treadmill schedule because there's six of us, including my sister's boyfriend. And like my dad, like reserves like 65 minutes to do his like climbing whatever uh, in his hokas. And then my brother has his time. I have my time. My mom, like we all have to like fucking faction off who's on the treadmill so it's kind of contested territory over here uh i would go outside but yeah it's you know snow is plowing down uh thanks to mother nature over here so we'll see we'll see 
Well, well, man. Know, I'll just dream of our podcast fame for the rest of my day and just our empire just growing. That's going to be the rest of my day, you know. Amen. Amen to that one. Well, Kate, again, it was a pleasure to chat. All things pleasure gut, to be working with you. Health, uh, with you. I wouldn't want to do it with anyone else. No, I wouldn't want to talk about CFUs with anyone else in this fucking country. No, that's that's some real hot girl shit right there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Going into 2020, the microbiome is all you need to fucking know, girls. Amen. So, so brother, we'll, we did it again. We did it again. Eight. Yeah, we'll chat on our own personal um, uh, text text thread. I don't know why I can't like word sentences together <laughs> right now. Um, the brain is fried. Yeah. But you know what I mean. We'll we'll be chatting. Um, yeah, if you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. As our, <laughs> as our girl HRH says. <laughs> yes, our new queen. Um, God. Uh, she can be discussed at later hours. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well. Okay, episode eight. Yeah. In the bag. Life, liberty, pursuit of the gut microbiome. Pleasure to be potting with you, Emma. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks, dog.